Chapter Twelve of Rick and Ruddy by Howard Garris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Allison Hester. Chapter Twelve. Ruddy is gone. Rick dropped his strap of school books that had been swinging around his head as he ran home. Come on, Ruddy! The boy called to his dog. We'll see who is doing that whistling. And by the sharp, short bark the setter gave. His master knew that the dog was as ready as he, himself, to find out who was trying to play a trick on them, if anyone was. "'Wait a minute, Rick,' called his mother, as the two friends ran toward the gate. "'What was that you said about a tramp sailor?' Rick repeated what the Coast Guard had told him. "'Then you'd better be careful how you let Ruddy run loose,' went on Mrs. Dalton. Do you think the sailor is hiding out there now, trying to call Ruddy? That's what I think, mother, the boy answered. But if anyone who doesn't really own Ruddy tries to take him away from me... Rick paused when he had said this much. He really didn't know what he would do. But I guess Ruddy won't go with them, will you, old fella? He asked his dog. And from the manner in which Ruddy barked and capered about... The boy he had grown to care for so much, it did seem that no one else could ever get the dog away. Once again, the whistle sounded, just as if it were Rick himself, or an echo of the boy's shrill call. Ruddy was puzzled by it, and, lifting up his ears, looked up into Rick's face, as if to ask what it all meant. "'Come on, we'll find out,' called the boy." Together they ran through the street. Rick looked up and down. No one was in sight. And then, again, came the shrill call. It sounded overhead. Someone is up in a tree, cried Rick. Is that you, Chot? he called, thinking perhaps his chum was trying to play a little joke on him. There was no answer, but after a moment the whistle sounded again and then followed a loud, harsh call of, Haw! 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 If you could have seen the looks, then, on the faces of Rick and Ruddy, you would have laughed. Both boy and dog showed how very much they had been fooled by the whistling of the pet crow. For it was Rick's black bird, Haw Haw by name, who had been doing the whistling. The sly fellow had listened to Rick until he could imitate the boy perfectly, and now, up in a tree into which he had managed to flutter, Haw Haw was calling Ruddy. "'Come down out of that, Haw Haw! Come down!' called Rick, and there was a flittering amid the branches of the tree, on which there were still a few leaves. Haw Haw, whose broken wing had healed, not enough to permit him to fly well, but enough so that he could flutter up into the low branches of trees, came half tumbling down, half soaring, and perched himself on Rick's shoulder. "'I didn't know you could whistle!' exclaimed the boy. "'I was going to teach you, Haw Haw, but I guess you must have taught yourself. Whistle again for me!' But Haw Haw did not seem to want to do this. He preened his glossy black feathers with his black bill and made funny little noises down in his throat. Ruddy, his head on one side, P. 
peered up at the crow on Rick's shoulder, and the queer, puzzled look was still on the dog's face. "'It's all right, Ruddy. It's all right,' said Rick, patting his setter's head. "'It was only haw-haw whistling for you.' Rick had been so busy having fun and going to school that, after his father had set the crow's broken wing, the boy had almost forgotten about his black bird. But haw-haw had grown stronger, and he had grown tame, so tame that he would perch on the shoulders of any members of the family and let them feed him. Rick had been talking of teaching the crow to talk and whistle, as he had read could be done, but he kept putting it off, for one reason or another, until he was much surprised by hearing the crow's whistle. "'Did you find out who was trying to call Ruddy?' asked Rick's mother, as he came back in the yard with the crow on his shoulder and the dog leaping around him, barking joyously and excitedly. Reddy did not altogether like Haw Haw being so friendly with Rick. "'It was my crow whistling,' said Rick. "'Your crow?' exclaimed Mrs. Dalton in surprise. "'Yes. He must have been listening to me at different times, until he got so he could whistle just as I do when I call Ruddy. And Haw Haw certainly sounded natural. He even fooled you, didn't he, Ruddy?' The dog barked as much as to say, He certainly did. Just how Haw Haw learned to whistle, Rick never found out. Certainly, the boy did not cut the crow's tongue, and perhaps whistling came natural to the black bird. And it may be that it was not a regular whistle at all, but merely a sound like that. Of course, a bird has no lips to pucker up and whistle with, as boys have, and some girls too, but many birds utter whistling notes when they sing, or give their calls. The quail, or bobwhite, seems to whistle, and so does the whippoorwill. And I have heard many men, who can, by whistling with their tongue and lips, imitate many birds. I have even heard a man whistle like a robin, and so nearly perfectly as to deceive a cat. Pussy came running into the room where the man was whistling, looking around to find the feathered songster. So it is easily possible for a crow to imitate the whistle of a boy, and this is what Haw Haw had done. He must have practiced by himself in the woodshed, whistling in low notes at first, as a singer does who is not quite sure of the air. And then, when he found he could imitate Rick's cheerful call to his dog, the crow had fluttered out into a tree and had sent his shrill notes echoing. "'Well, now I know you can whistle. I'm going to teach you to talk, Haw Haw,' said Rick. The boy began that afternoon on the crow's further education. Rick got from the kitchen some pieces of meat, which the blackbird liked very much, and holding one chunk up near the sharp, strong bill, said, now, Haw Haw, let me hear you say something. Say, I want a piece of meat. But whether this was too long a sentence for the crow to start on, or whether he did not understand what Rick wanted, I cannot say. At any rate, Haw Haw said nothing. He did not even whistle. He just held his head on one side, as Ruddy sometimes did, when Rick was talking to him. 
and Haw Haw looked at the chunk of meat held in Rick's fingers so temptingly near. Go on, say something, exclaimed Rick. Suddenly, Ruddy, who was sitting up just behind his master, gave a bark. Ruddy's eyes, too, were on the meat, and perhaps he thought his boy master was talking to him. At any rate, Ruddy barked. Rick turned his head aside for a moment to speak to his setter pet. And at that instant, Haw Haw, seeing his chance, took it. Rick felt a sudden jab at his fingers. The meat was snatched from them, and then with a loud, Haw! Haw! The crow fluttered up to the roof of the woodshed to eat the morsel. Oh, that isn't fair, cried Rick, but he had to laugh. That isn't playing the game. Haw! Haw! croaked the crow, and it sounded just as if he were laughing at Rick. He may have been, too, for all I know. That was the beginning of the crow's education at the hands of Rick. But not many times after that could the black bird fool his master by snatching away the meat or other dainty. Rick was more careful. Rick did manage to get Haw Haw to say a few words. At least the boy declared they were words, though his father and mother said they could not understand them. Maisie said she could, so perhaps it was because Mr. and Mrs. Dalton did not stop long enough to listen. And Haw Haw also tried some other whistling notes, different from the dog call he had learned of Rick. But that dog call was the best thing he did, and he often fooled Ruddy by fluttering out to a bush in front of the house and giving the shrill whistle by which Rick used to summon his pet on coming from school. After a while, when Haw Haw knew he could play his tricks on Ruddy, the crow did it so often that the poor dog was quite puzzled about it. Ruddy would be sleeping on the porch, perhaps, waiting for Rick to come from school to have a romp across the fields. And then, about the time for the classes to be dismissed, the crow would softly flutter out from his nest in the woodshed and take his perch in a bush or on a low branch of a tree. There he would give his whistle. With a bark of welcome, Ruddy would awaken from his sleep and dash off the porch out to the front gate. There he would glance up and down the street where no Rick was in sight. With a queer look on his face, the dog would then go back to the porch, growling and glancing up at the tree where the crow was perched. Ruddy knew he had been fooled, but no matter how often this happened, he would always jump up and run out whenever Haw Haw whistled. Ruddy could not tell the difference between the notes of the crow and the call of Rick. As I told you, a dog depends on his scent, or by smelling with his nose, to tell his master and friends, and not on his ears or eyesight, though a dog's hearing is better than his vision. I guess I'll have to stop whistling for Ruddy when I come home from school, said Rick to his mother one day when he had come in with his books and had been told that Haw Haw had played the trick three times on the setter that afternoon. It's too bad to plague him that way. I won't whistle any more when I come along. I guess it would be just as well not to, agreed Mrs. Dalton. Haw Haw is too smart for Ruddy. And he has another trick, too, Rick. 
You mean Haw Haw has? Yes, he took some spoons off the kitchen table today and dropped them in the hollow of a tree in front of the house. I saw him, or I wouldn't have known about it. It's quite a deep hollow, and I could hardly reach down in and get the spoons. And what else do you think I found down in there? I don't know. Was it my roller skate key that I lost? No, but it was the new tea strainer I lost that disappeared last week. Haw Haw must have carried it off. I have heard that crows like to pick up shiny things and hide them, but this is the first time our crow has done such a trick. Say, he's a regular trick crow, isn't he? exclaimed Rick. Too much so, laughed Mrs. Dalton. I must watch him. And I must try to teach him some more words to say, went on Rick. He can almost say, I want my supper, now. Well, I'm glad you think it sounds like something, said Rick's mother. To me, your crow's talk only resembles a lot of screeching and jabbering. Oh, he'll learn to talk all right, declared Rick. I'm going to teach him now. And when Chot came over, a little later, the two boys took turns at educating the black crow. They seemed to be satisfied with what Haw Haw learned, though when the crow was brought in the house, perched on Rick's shoulder, and asked to repeat his latest lesson, he only flapped his one good wing and whistled shrilly. Oh, say, you're a tease, cried Rick, and Maisie laughed at the two boys. But Rick gave up whistling to Ruddy on coming home from school, and the crow soon learned that he could no longer fool the dog. Ruddy was growing wiser, and Haw Haw gradually stopped that trick, though he did not forget how to whistle. However, though Rick gave up sounding his signal call to his dog on coming home from school, Ruddy seemed to know about the time to expect his boy master. He would be on the watch and waiting, and, when the hands of the clock pointed to a little after three, Rick would race out to the gate and wait for his chum, for that is what Rick and Ruddy were now, chums. One afternoon, Rick came running in the gate, swinging his books like the pendulum of a clock that was running on double time. Where's Ruddy? Where's my football? cried the boy. We're going to have some fun, all the boys over in the big field. Where's Ruddy? Where's my football? Why, your football must be just where you left it, Mrs. Dalton answered. As for Ruddy, didn't he come to meet you? Come to meet me? No. Was he here a while ago? Just a little while ago, yes. He was asleep on the porch. I heard a whistle and saw him rush out. But, Mother, I didn't whistle for him. I don't call him that way any more since Haw Haw played that trick. I didn't call Ruddy. You didn't? No, was the answer. Rick was beginning to be alarmed. Someone whistled and he ran out, went on Mrs. Dalton. I wonder if it was Haw Haw, spoke the boy. Just then the crow fluttered out from the kitchen where he sometimes went to sleep behind the stove. It couldn't have been him, declared Rick. It was someone, said Mrs. Dalton. I saw Ruddy run out as he always does when he goes to meet you, and... 
Rick did not stop to hear what else his mother had to say. He rushed for the front gate and looked up and down the street. No Ruddy was in sight, and a great fear came into the boy's heart. Ruddy was gone. End of chapter 12